welcome in to episode 204 of the Get Around Podcast. We are here recording in the studio, myself, your host, Brendan Queeley, along with me, James Cook. Hello. Jimmy James Cook. In the office here, again. He made it to the post office last week, ladies and gentlemen, so if you had been waiting for a week to find out whether or not James made it to the post office last week, I don't know if he made it Monday, but you did make it last week, right? I, had to, I went the next day. Okay. Yeah, the next morning. So, eh, it got there. And joining us via FaceTime, Andrew Rosenthal. Yeah, I'm about a mile away from the office, but you would never know. I you could know, be... But 550 miles away you may be a mile same. you may be a mile away from the office but you're you're deep within our hearts okay as he just he's like uncomfortable doesn't know what to say by that no i get to wear sweatpants right now during the podcast and you guys don't so dude i have come into the office several times wearing sweatpants and a hoodie i got cargo pants and a hoodie on right now yeah there's what what decorum is there anymore the society has broken no, down. I, there just, is no. It just made me think of this because uh, there was there was an office. I don't know where it was, but they posted a. They had a theme like day to work where you would wear what you would wear for a Zoom meeting. There was like business on top, party on the bottom. There were like basketball shorts and and a suit, a suit tie. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the mullet of clothes. The sports center anchors were famous for doing. That stuff, where they would wear, because you wouldn't, you'd only see them from the torso up. They'd be mm-hmm. behind the desk, and so they wouldn't be wearing like dress shoes and dress pants. They'd just be rocking basketball shorts and a, and looking fly in a suit, and, you know, a suit jacket and tie. James, I see you're wearing a Lions T-shirt. How do you feel about? Are Lions fans happy about Matt Stafford going to the Super Bowl? It's very divided. Is it? It's very divided. There's like the small niche of people who are upset that the draft picks that they get from the Rams are are going are getting lower every time they win in the playoffs and stuff. But then there's also, there's also people, I mean, there's the people that, oh, this proves that the Lions just really did suck and Matthew Stafford was not the problem. So this and is, is it, it's, I don't know how you can disagree, though, that the Lions just didn't suck. So it's turning up the heat on the organization. I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, it's his first year away from Detroit, and he's going to the Super Bowl. That, it's got to hurt. It has to hurt Lions fans. What did you guys think of the games yesterday? I didn't think Cincinnati would really have a shot. I didn't think they I did either. I was completely proved wrong, and I was completely shocked by their defense. I, I, it was 21-3. to Mahomes had marched down the field three times and, there were, and had three touchdowns, and I was like, all right, so this is, this is done. I'm going to play MLB The Show 21 for a while, and then I'll check it on the game later. And I go back, and they are uh, kicking the field goal to win. And I went, what? How? What the hell happened? What, you know, I think Cincinnati fans should be thanking their lucky stars that I decided to turn off the game. I'm sure that was the turning point. Once I stopped watching, Cincinnati was like, okay, Queeley's not watching anymore. Now we can, now we can play. The, uh, there was one play. It was on the where the Chiefs were on the red, and they were in the red zone, like five or six yards to the goal line. And we're legitimately having the discussion of, okay, do you let him score? Like, because James and I were watching it at the same time uh, in the same place. Uh, 
you could say it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was me, Andrew, and Clay. Watch and uh, we're, I'm like, okay, and so do you, let him, score, do you oh. let him score at this point and then uh, go try and get a touchdown to, to win? But no, they stopped him. Home no field goal and sent it overtime. And I was, I couldn't really believe that. I want to know, James, how are you feeling personally about it? You say it's divided. How do you, where do you land on the division? No, I'm totally cool with it. You know, I mean, it's good to see him go to the Super Bowl. And there's a couple other Lions actually on the Rams too. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, uh, Brandon Powell played for the Lions for a season or so. So, but not as good big on of them. a name as Stafford, well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ashawn Robinson gets to play next to just uh, the giant defensive tackle, Donald, yeah. Aaron Donald, and uh, so that's got to be a a little bit of a. Something off of his shoulders. Aaron Donald's a big guy, but did you see him standing next to Stafford at the end of the at the end of the game last night? Mm-mm. They he like came up to hug Stafford at the end. Like they're probably not the same size, but maybe the same height. They he Stafford is not a small dude. No, no, not at all. So I was. Uh, it still has an arm. He that he does. How long has he been in the league now? Was he drafted two thousand twelve? Is that right? I remember, like that. I remember hearing that yeah. last night. Maybe I think he was with the Lions for nine, nine, eight, nine okay. seasons. Okay. Yeah. Not positive, hundred percent. Should be a good game. I'm looking forward to. The, are we allowed to say Super Bowl on this podcast? Do I have to bleep it out? We can every time say I it. say Super Bowl. We can say it. I just can't use it in any sort of advertising. Speaking of advertising, episode two hundred four of the Get Around Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Was that you yawning? You yawned yeah. through a freak yeah? <laughs> yeah. I didn't intend to. It kind of just came out that way. So I was driving in uh, to the office today to do this, and in front of me I saw a car, um, I think it was like a Toyota 4x4 or something like that, but it had the license plate ZZZ Bear. And I was like, oh, oh my God. That's that awesome. That is clever. Isn't that it? That is clever. Yeah, Sleeping Bear. Nice. Super cool. And I was trying to think have you guys ever wanted a vanity license plate for your car? Like, has your sports fandom ever been like, I need No, I, but I, 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 I was get a able J- to identify which car immediately was John Loper's by uh, TC Track on the back of his. Oh, okay. So, Andrew, you wouldn't want, like, um, Rock chalk, like R K C H L K. That could be a good one. I had a, uh, there's a sports writer friend of mine that's now in North Dakota, and his license plate's now Uper. So, I mean, I could see, I can see like myself getting Kansan or something like that. That'd be cool. I, I'd like to. I'm going to admit this on the air, but back in the day, and Harrison Beebe should know this. Seven and four sports director Harrison Beebe, of course. Uh, would know very well that back in the day I was a, a big professional wrestling fan, like big WCW guy back in the heyday of WCW. So for those of you who are not familiar with WCW, that was the competitor uh, at the time in the late, mid to late 90s and then briefly in the early aughts uh, for professional wrestling with the WWE. I think they were the WWF for a while there before the whole thing with the World Wildlife Fund. And uh, not, of course, are now 
uh, did the WWE. And I was a huge Bill Goldberg fan. Big Goldberg fan. And there was a point in my life where not only did I want to get a combination of the Bill Goldberg tattoo with the White Sox logo, but I also wanted my license, my vanity license plate to be AU Berg because AU is the periodic symbol for gold. This is super embarrassing for me to admit out loud that this is, but also to be fair, I think I was a freshman in high school or even in, I was in middle school at the time. So like, I was just, I was a huge Bill Goldberg fan. I had a Bill Goldberg football jersey that I wore to school one time. I got roasted by all of my friends and so many other people that I, n that I never wore it again. Why did they roast you over it? Because they were like, oh, you loser, you like, you know, pro wrestling, you're a big Goldberg fan, and, you know, I'd just be, like, walking down the hall and someone would, like, shout who's next at me. You, that was, you'd drop an elbow on him then? I'd give him the, yeah, I'd spear him, then I'd give him a jackhammer right there in the middle of the hallway, and then be like, blah, yeah. Yes, yeah. reverse suplex. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I guess I guess I got a year before I can decide if I even want to vanity plate again. Since uh, before this episode, I renewed my license plate CK three seven seven three nine. I don't even know if that's a that's so interesting, right? My dad likes my mine is um, the first three letters are BZB, and my dad is always like, "That's perfect, busy B, busy Brendan." He likes it a lot. Okay. In high school, my or uh, college, my. Uh, Car had a license plate that was J U U, and then and then like three letters or three numbers. Yeah. Whatever. So all my friends called my car Juby. Okay. Because everybody my just added a B to the end of their whatever their license plate kind of looked like. My dad. My dad's an insurance agent. Uh, now he owns his own agency, and uh, for a while, his license plate was quote you won. Oh, nice. That's a vanity plate for you. Have you James no? No vanity plate for you? Never I haven't thought had, about it? I've thought about it, but I haven't really had any concrete ideas for what I would do. Well, I think the, the ZZZ bear one was, I liked it. I took a picture of it. And I always feel weird taking a picture of someone's license plate. I'm going to tell this story, okay? And I'm not going to say, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say it. And I'm not going to, we're not, no other context other than the fact that this is what the license plate was, all right? But I was living in central Illinois at the time. And I had to go to Best Buy for some reason when people still needed to go to Best Buy. I don't think people need to anymore. But apparently those stores still exist. And I pull into the parking lot and the car in front of me has a, uh, like the leopard print license plate frame around it. And then the license is JL space B-A-I-T, bait. J.L. Bait. Just going to say, I'm just going to leave it there. Nice. But that was one of the more... I wanted to talk to that person. Be like, what was the, what was the choice here? What was the, what was the thinking where you're like, you know what? I'm going to get a license plate that says J.L. Bait. As I say it quicker, you can kind of understand why it's an odd thing. So, And why did they keep it as they got older? I would hope... Why did the state approve it? <laughs> right. Why did the state approve it, right? There is uh, all those people try to get away with little things like that to make them funny and, and crass. But, all right. So, yes, here we are. 
episode 204 get around podcast uh getting into the actual heart of the show right now uh which is perfect as we get into the pulse which is what your heart does it pulses you guys like that this is late but i have a but i have a vanity plate idea oh all right yeah take it back uh let's not talk about rivalries let's talk let's go before okay before that no go i want to hear to the moon so you know like dogecoin going to the moon stuff like that crypto it's like crypto it's like euphemism for cryptocurrencies i would i would go to the moon that would be yours yeah okay i'm still gonna go au berg you know what i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna be 38 years old with an au berg license plate if you see au berg driving around traverse city that's me I'm totally ready for the polls now. We're about to go to the moon. <laughs> All right. So uh, we uh, have round two of West versus Central coming up this Friday. Boys and girls basketball, another doubleheader. And it's on a Friday this time. Last time it was a Tuesday. This time it's a Friday. And it's perfect because now we can have a nice big newspaper and it'll look great. Right before the last one, we had Ashland Hill and Kate Heathouse from Traverse City Central on here, and we asked them about the West Central rivalry. And I was curious to know if it's a friendly one uh, or if it's not so friendly. And, James, you have been around the Traverse City area for a while. Is it a, is it a real rivalry? Of course, Central and West has the biggest rivalry of prob- like biggest rivalry game in Michigan high school sports in the Patriot game. Yeah, I think quite potentially, yeah. that's. I mean, uh, not quite as big of a rivalry maybe in some ways as some of the uh, the downstate games where you end up with, you know, stabbings and sure. <laughs> brawls between the fans and stuff like that. But, but yes. It's a northern Michigan polite rivalry? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> the, these rivals say hello and... and, and and tip their caps on the street when they see each other on the street. Yeah, there's not uh, instant fisticuffs. Has has it changed at all in your time here? I mean, it depends by sport. Um, it, there's some sports where the the players obviously see it as a as a huge rivalry, bragging rights, all that stuff. But in in a bunch of sports, the players like really know each other well, like basketball and hockey. I think especially because they play on the same travel teams, you know, or they play on the same travel hockey teams. So they grew up playing peewee hockey together and stuff. Football, maybe not necessarily as much. You know, baseball and softball, they probably still do play on the same travel teams and stuff. But, but uh, you know, maybe a little less in football. So I think in football, maybe it's a little bit more competitive, you know, like, like you just really don't like the other team. Yeah, do you have to – do you have to – psych yourself into that mentality of a of a rivalry? I don't know that you necessarily have to. I mean, it's just like kind of like a sibling rivalry. Like, you know, if you you know, your brother or sister or whatever, you know, you love them, but man, you want to beat them. Yes. Or you want to do better than them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's kind of that same drive in a, in a lot of ways. Is it a is it a helpful thing? I mean, it obviously makes the games more exciting. Yeah, I think the in the student sections. I think we we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but the student sections I think make those rivalry games so awesome because they just go back and forth. They're they're entertaining themselves as much as the games sometimes, just because they they just go all out for that Central West game. 
it's just, it's just crazy. Like, you could just sit there and watch the the student sections go back and forth and not watch the game if you wanted to. Yeah. Just go there for the pageantry of that. Andrew, I am... We don't have to ring the bell for this because I'm going to ask you about Kansas. And I'm just go curious ahead. I'm just curious to know, uh, is KU uh, or Kansas State, is that the biggest Kansas rivalry? Or oh, boy. Rivalry? Yeah, there, this has been discussed probably like 20,000 times. There's not even... I think there's... We've, I've had arguments on the radio about this, like student radio. Uh, Kansas State, to me, is not a rival of KU. A rival because, number one... He always wins. It's not even really that competitive. There's only been like a handful of seasons in the last two decades. K-State's been somewhat competitive. I'd say it's more Mizzou. That's not really it. It is and it isn't a thing anymore. Um, they played obviously this year. But the thing with the Mizzou rivalry that just makes it so cool is that is the historical context in which the state of bleeding Kansas, the state of Missouri literally burned down the city of Lawrence three times. I didn't know that. No, it's it's one of the most least taught about parts of history during the Kansas-Nebraska Act. Missouri did not want Kansas to be a free state, so they invaded Kansas and burned down the city of Lawrence three times. That is, that is taking a rivalry to a, a different level. Oh, yeah, that's that's why <laughs> I, I personally see That's Missouri. well past couch burning. <laughs> Were you... Did you go to any good rivalry games during your time as a, uh, a Jayhawk? Probably the KU-Kentucky game. Like, the the last, obviously they played Saturday, but it was six years ago, so my freshman year. Um, it always seems like a big deal when KU beats Kentucky. Yeah. And then there's been a handful of times where KU and Mizzou have met in the postseason in, like, volleyball, soccer, softball, and even track. Um, those have always been really good games. It seems like the NCAA just wants to set up a KU Mizzou matchup in some way because they know it will sell out. It typically does. So I was in like you can you, you they could they played in a neutral site Wichita Kansas and they still sold out the Coke Arena. So 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 is Kansas State then the little brother like the, yeah, like the mean, Michigan Michigan State and Michigan calls Michigan State the little brother even though the they haven't dominated that rivalry in recent years as much as they did before, so it doesn't really necessarily hold. But I mean, I think they're a little brother in basketball, and, we're the, and KU is the little brother when it comes to football. That's an interesting way to, to, to look at it, because I've never really looked at Michigan and Michigan State as as brothers. But, I mean, I you, you would certainly have to uh, in some way. I'm going to ring the bell for myself because I, I'm going to bring up the – the one rivalry game that I went to, which was a Cubs-White Sox game at Comiskey Park, and that was insane. It was the... And you get those two fan bases together, and you throw alcohol into the mix, and then a competitive game, and you are going to see grown men in jerseys yelling at other grown men in different jerseys it's crazy it is crazy to just be like why would how could you possibly be so upset at someone else for cheering for another team that's why it's 
uh, James, you were saying about the, the, the student sections just going back and forth like that, but it's the fandom is is sometimes more rabid than the, the players themselves because the fans have been around longer. Yeah, when I was kind of piggybacking off of that with, when it comes to professional sports, when I was in high school, I saw the one of the Western Conference finals games between the Detroit Web Wings and Chicago Blackhawks. And Killer anyone that's been... Anyone that's been to a Blackhawks game knows that there's a particular chant that Blackhawks fans do uh, out of disrespect for the city of Detroit. Uh, I don't know if I can say it on this podcast, uh, but it's it, 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 it's Detroit, and then the next word starts with an S and ends with another S. And in the middle is Uck? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 like, you, you can this go to is... a random Blackhawks game, and they're they're still saying that Detroit – blank chat chant but it was the loudest i've ever heard it for that game and then obviously detroit changed conferences and now they don't play each other in the postseason anymore yeah that was a heartbreaker losing that rivalry in the in the western conference man i i forget what year it was but it was it was part of that like it was before the three three and six years um but they, the blackhawks did win that it was like they went like four and one in that series they won that game. So it must have been like 2012 or 11. What are some of the other good rivalries up here in this area? Andrew, earlier before uh, you were talking about uh, Frankfurt and Glen Lake, and that is certainly one that I, I had up here in, in terms of Northwest Conference uh, opponents. Yeah, I mean, I think those two, especially because like Leland and Benzie County are just so connected you know, government-wise and community-wise, and those are two of the biggest communities in those two counties when you think of that that way uh one i was going to add was beaver island and mackinac island it was just the other week and i saw a feature by uh tom spencer by a second uh in sec- from the mhsaa second half and i would never have thought that the two island schools have rivalries with each other it's the battle <laughs> of the islands island yeah. supremacy that's that's what we're that's the fight that's that's just something I would have never thought of, but I, I makes me want to go to a game, one of those games now. Speaking of Glen Lake, Glen Lake St. Francis is usually a, a really good non-conference rivalry. Mm-hmm. Those I don't know <clears throat> when that started or or why those two paired up. Um, well, they typically they, they typically play each other in the district finals in both Division three schools. So. Yeah, in in soccer, Sutton's Bay, Sutton's Bay and Leland with Buckley. Yep has become a, a pretty big one. Um, it, among the small schools, I mean, Traverse City Christian and Grand Traverse Academy, because they're they're both small. They co-op in a few sports, but then play against each other in other sports. So there's a, a, a pretty big rivalry between those two schools. Um, there's a Gaylord and Boyne City, Gaylord and Petoskey. Those three schools always uh, seem to have a good rivalry, and they play each other a lot. Yeah, Gaylord, St. Mary, Joburg. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a pretty fierce rivalry. For a while, with St. Mary Bel Air in girls basketball. Yeah, Bel Air and Central Lake and just about anything too, like you know those towns that are right bordering on each other like that, and in the same divisions in sports. If if things keep going the way they are, I think the the boys basketball teams from Ellsworth and Lake Leland on St. Mary have a pretty good chance of. I think that's I think a that's budding, a rivalry. That's a budding rivalry. For I think sure. they're going to start playing each other like every year now. Yeah. Yeah, this was the first time they had ever played in the regular season. That game the other night it was the time they played in the in the uh, postseason 
last year they, they think is the first time they ever played each other, or at least in, like, decades. So, but uh, they played just about the same way. They got – both of those teams have two big guys and guys that love to score. Yeah, I, I wish that game would have uh, would have been the true five-on-five, five, you know, without the, the foul trouble and injuries during the game that yeah. kind of made it a little bit – took a little bit of the luster off the game. It was still a really good game, though, but – I mean, it would have been it would have been fun to see what happened if if Braden Steenweig and uh, um, Jamal Sobolski are in foul trouble constantly throughout the whole game, and then Augie Shaw getting hurt early in the game for Lake Lelanau as well. How's the genuine kid, Jacob Genuine? He's pretty Ellsworth. good. He's pretty good. He can get his own shot and everything. Um, Keelan Pletcher is the one who really stood up with with those two guys out with Sobolski and and Steenwick out. Um, he, you know, he can. He took. He wasn't afraid to go right at Bramer. And uh, you know, a lot of players, I could say, didn't want to do that. <laughs> but they. Uh, it was a, it was, a, it was a good game. I mean, it, Ellsworth had a couple of kids up from the JV team. Like they played a shorthanded JV game, like intentionally, I think, taking a couple of guys from the JV team. Yeah. That they don't even use in the five quarters. Like they're just like you're not playing in the JV game kind of thing. They had like a 6'5 kid that they brought up from the JV game, and he ended up having to play when Steenwick got in foul trouble. And did all right. I mean, he had to, had to guard Sean Bramer for times. Yeah, I think what can really help uh, a rivalry start, like Lake Lelanau, St. Mary, and Ellsworth, is good competition, but also respect for the other team. Like, you can tell both, both coaching staffs respect each other, and it seems like both sets of players want to play each other and, and wanted this game again. And I know Ellsworth has to be itching to see the Eagles again. Yeah, they want that regional game. Yeah. That regional semifinal. That's, uh, that's something I remember Chris Herman from Glen Lake Baseball telling me about when I did a story on him going into the Hall of Fame is that part of the things that make these playoff rivalries so good, you know, they've had Rod Beery, Gillard, St. Mary, and Odeckham on the last couple of about five ten years and he says the, it, the thing that just makes it so great is that these coaching staffs respect each other and they respect what the other teams have been doing so that that's what that's why he said hey he looks forward to those games as much as players do sometimes so we got some rivalry games coming up this week of course we're recording this uh on monday but on tuesday in boys basketball Charlevoix Petoskey, not a huge rivalry, but it's you know the same kind of general area. Uh, Glen Lake and, and Buckley should be a good boys basketball game for sure. Uh, Frankfurt at Kingsley and girls. Um, that's those two programs are usually find themselves kind of on the same level, so that makes for a good game. Um, McBain and McMa- McBain Northern Christian, uh, McBain and McBain Northern Michigan Christian. I think just because they're both in McBain. Uh, they play in boys and girls basketball Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you got the Battle of the Academies, Heston Academy, Charlton Heston Academy versus GT Academy uh, on <laughs> Thursday. Um, I think... St. Mary Bel Air girls basketball. I, I think that in girls basketball, St. Francis and Harbor Springs with this uh, young phenom, Olivia Flynn, at Harbor, Harbor Springs, I think that could turn into uh, a good rivalry over the next couple of years. Um, and, of course, Friday, we've got West and Central 
uh, Frankfurt at Glen Lake, um, Benzie Central at Kingsley. We know why that's a rivalry now. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the um, incident with the 16 goals being scored in a, in a soccer game. So that one certainly. Leland and Buckley, that's more of a soccer rivalry, but they do play each other. Um, the Battle of the St. Mary's, Gaylord St. Mary versus Lake Leland St. Mary. And, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it should be an interesting week uh, of competition for sure. I know that uh, when there's a little bit of animosity between the two teams or a little heightened competitiveness between the two teams, it always makes for either a good game or a good story. Sometimes both. So. All right, speaking of Benzie Central, uh, we had two players from their basketball team uh, join us um, on the Get Around podcast and jump on. That is Quinn Zickert and Nate Childers. So why don't we go ahead and give a listen to that interview right now. Joining us now on the Get Around Podcast is Benji Central basketball players Quinn Zickert and Nate Childers. Uh, boys, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, yeah. you guys. So, Quinn, I'm just going to start with you and let you know that James and I have been having a conversation here in the, the podcast studio about your first and last name and how if we were yeah. allowed to play that and Scrabble or Words with Friends... I could find a way to score like two hundred and sixty-seven points. I mean, you've got a Q, yeah, probably. you got a Q and a Z, a C and mm-hmm. I mean, all that. Like, it's it is a stellar, stellar name. Mm-hmm. I got too excited about it, and I even told James, I'm like, I'm gonna tell Quinn all about this, and then he's gonna be like, Yeah, cool, man. It's weird that you think about my name that much. <laughs> how are you guys doing? How's the season going? And and how are you feeling about the uh, you know the first few weeks of the year? And and now sitting at uh, I believe nine and one, ten and one. Ten and one. Ten and one. Yeah. yeah, we're feeling good right now. We had that one of our goals going fourteen zero in the conference, so we dropped that one to Grand Lake. So that was a tough hit. But next day at practice, we were back to work. We've just been on the grind every day, trying to get back to where we know we can be. Mm-hmm. What was the message after the loss? I think it was really just bounce back and maybe. I know it sucks that we lost, but maybe it's a good thing, you know, get us back on track, get some fire in us, and maybe propel us to make a good little end-of-the-season push. Yeah, and I guess it even took a little bit of, like, pressure off us because we were that one undefeated team in, like, uh, in the conference and in the area, one of the only undefeated teams. We were ranked high in the state, so it took a little pressure off us, I guess. Just uh, So now we can just focus on playing with all that pressure on our, on our shoulders. Yeah, you guys end the season with uh, a pretty good uh, schedule there to end the season. I mean, you play at you've got TC West at home, Glen Lake at home to end the mm-hmm. the conference uh, slate there, and then Cadillac at home. How nope. how much is that going to be nice just to be able to prepare you guys for districts with those three big games? Yeah, it'll be nice to play some tough competition outside the conference. You know, those teams are big, physical. We got to get used to that if we want to make a little push in the postseason so james did a little pre-interview research on you guys asked for some things uh and and one of them i was told is that uh, we were to ask about your chopped competitions 
<laughs> Can you tell me about this? Because I'm. A, I I just, do you guys watch Chopped? Are you big Chopped fans? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, watch some cooking shows here and there. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> our two families, uh, we've been good friends since like around third grade, when our families have been really close. So yeah, we. I don't know. But yeah, we started like a family chop competition. It was E. Quinn and his little brother, and then Jackson, who's a, who's a sophomore team. My brother. They're all whose name uh, would also be great for Scrabble because he's got a J and an X in it. So awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So we, us four, we've always been the four like uh, chefs, I guess you can call. Even though the food hasn't been very good, you can really call it. Yeah. But. And then our parents were always the judges, and we cook for them. Usually have like around like thirty minutes to cook, and they give us a random basket of ingredients. I don't know if you're familiar. With chops, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah so. definitely familiar. So we're we're gonna play a little bit right now. You guys, you can choose appetizer, entree, or dessert. Which one do you want? I've got a list of four ingredients for each one. Oh, dessert. Uh, yeah, dessert. You want to go with dessert? Okay. So this yeah. was this was the tough one. So. Powdered sugar mini donuts, a milkshake, strawberries, and potato chips. Mm. So what are you making? I'll go over them again. And take your time and think about it. nice thing about this podcast is we're not live. It's taped. And so I get to edit out all of the awkward pauses and weird moments, and it makes our life a lot easier. So, all right, so powdered sugar mini donuts, a milkshake, strawberries, and potato chips. And if you say bread pudding, I'm kicking you out because everybody makes bread pudding in the dessert round. Yeah. That's so. Yeah, I'll be honest. We're not really big pastry chefs or dessert chefs. <laughs> we did one dessert round, and it was more like breakfast. So it was like yeah. pancakes and waffles, and that was, that was pretty much it. <laughs> Last time we did dessert, to be honest. Yeah. You guys want to? You guys want the other? I can give you the appetizer or the entree. Yeah. All right, so the appetizer is a bone-in pork chop, canned peaches, kale, and fingerling potatoes. Sheesh. Or or the entree is uh, salmon, refried beans, rainbow carrots, and maple syrup. Ooh, I feel like I could make some good fish tacos with the entree ingredients. Okay. Sounds kind of nice. Yeah, I'd probably... With the salmon, make a little rice bowl and put some maple syrup on the salmon. Sounds pretty good. Yep. Make a nice uh, bourbon maple glaze. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the the dessert round, I had a tough time even coming up with, like, ingredients for it. So that's why it ended up being so mean with donuts, a milkshake, strawberries, and potato chips. (laughs) Usually it always takes me, like, around five minutes of our 30 minutes to even think of something to make, to be honest. Yeah, I feel I don't know if it, I don't know how chopped works, but I, I wonder if they get like five minutes to think about it after the in, ingredients are revealed, or if they've got to go like right away after they open the basket. I don't know. So, yeah. all right, James. Sorry that I monopolized the conversation with Food Network talk. No, it's okay. I'm gonna stick on food. Uh, so, Nate, I heard that your girlfriend managed to make you make a TikTok about the uh, odd food pairing that you like. Wait, what? What was that? Uh, uh, baked beans and lobster. Wait, who told you that? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I told you we yeah. did. Our, we did our pre-interview research. Yeah, we do some research, man. 
I don't even know. I don't know how that got out there, but yeah. So like, baked beans is and lobster are like probably my two in the world. So like, for my birthday, my, that's one of my mom's things. She just makes me like what what I like my favorite things. So I always just have like random like uh, combinations of stuff. So I think yeah, this year I had uh, like this seafood pasta with like lobster scallops and stuff, and then I had I had baked beans on the side of that with that. <laughs> So it was like a little combo there, but I think you did yeah. a TikTok about it. Uh, I don't, I don't. She might have, she might have done it behind my back, but I don't. I had no idea about that. Okay, <laughs> this is breaking news to him. Yeah, you gotta have a conversation after this. Yeah, I'm. I will text her after that. <laughs> well, don't feel weird about that because growing up in in my family during Lent. The dinner that we used to have on Fridays was um, frozen fish sticks, not frozen, but cooked, um, mm-hmm. scrambled eggs, SpaghettiOs, and baked beans. Oof. That's I feel like that's a little bit weirder than seafood yeah. pasta with a side of baked beans. Cause yeah. Like, my dish, that was all on one plate. I mean, we're talking SpaghettiOs, frozen fish sticks and scrambled eggs and, and baked beans. That's all on one plate. Yours was at least separate. So yeah. that makes sense. Okay, so Quinn, tell me about your guys' experience uh, running cross-country this fall. <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting. You know, we, we were all talking about it. It seems pretty easy. I mean, you're just running around the woods three miles, I think it was. But, man, me and Michael Wooten probably you know he's on the team too yeah we mm-hmm. stuck together and he pulled away and man that's yeah that's a lot tougher than it looks do you have uh, a little more respect for hunter jones now yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> crazy how yeah. did how did it end uh like the race yeah i mean i was at the finish line trying not to throw up and i was just <laughs> yeah so we're saying, oh, did he throw up? Is that what happened? No, not quite. Okay. No, almost. Almost. I've seen it. When I ran cross country, I watched, after I had finished, I had crossed the finish line, I watched as a guy crossed the finish line and projectile vomited. Oof. As he was still running, it was, it was seared into my memory. That was when I was a sophomore in high school, and I can still picture it exactly in my mind. It was just one of those where you're like, oh, that, mm. is, that is gross. Um, talk about when you guys uh, did Odyssey of the Mind. Yeah, we've done that for like in elementary school all, all the way up till I think fourth or fifth grade. And our fourth grade year, we went to Worlds. So there's like it's like regionals, something, and then Worlds. And it was at Iowa State, I think, University. And we were there's like five, group of five or six of us, and we had a little skit, acted it out, made a car, and we were like inside the body of like your blood cells it was pretty interesting so i'm not familiar what is odyssey of the mind can one of you explain that it's just kind of like a is it for smart like a, kids is that why yes yeah. that's why i don't know about it okay that makes sense. <laughs> but you do competitions like where like like build stuff and just create stuff with your mind and stuff like that then yeah you go up against other schools and you can compete for like big uh, trophies and stuff. Okay. So, so it's not just like, like quiz bowl. It's, no. it's more <laughs> participation. 
Yeah, you get like a prompt and then you make stuff, act it out, get a script and all that stuff. No cooking involved, though? No, no cooking. (laughs) So we'll get back to basketball for a little bit. Uh, I'm curious to know how you guys are feeling about the rest of the season and and the potential of this team. Uh, You know, you were highly ranked. uh, Dropped that. It was a, a tough game. But what's the potential of this team? Where do you guys see the Huskies finishing this season? Well, I, I think it just all starts with uh, just our group of guy guys. Uh, we've been playing together since like sixth grade, and and actually me, Jackson, and Quinn, we've been playing each other with each other since like third grade. So we just have that crazy good chemistry, and we're, we're all brothers. We're all brotherhood at Benzie, so that's really helped us throughout. Uh, this year and for the rest of the season uh we have high hopes to hopefully go to the breslin make a run in the tournament and uh yeah we like where where we're at right now what would it mean to to get to the breslin center what would it mean to to you individually to to the team and even to the school i think that'd be a pretty big accomplishment i mean it's been a while since benzie's even like won the district so to get there and you know, bring some life back in the Benzie basketball program, get some more fans involved, and be really good for the town, get some more, I guess, exposure. So how did how did you guys do when you uh, entered the Cardboard Classic? <laughs> See, I love, uh, I'm, I'm, I love Nate's reactions right now where he's like, how do you know about this stuff? Uh, this I'm on? actually like, a, Who? like how yeah. you That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, that, that was another thing between our two families that, uh, we did over at the years and at Crystal Mountain where uh, we built uh, like a cardboard sled with our dads. That was like our project thing. And yeah, you, you, there's races every year down. I don't remember which hill it is at Crystal Mountain, but yeah, you build a sled. It has to be, I don't remember. There's like certain restrictions. You can't put like certain stuff on it, but yeah, you try to build this fastest sled. And we actually did win. I think, yeah, we have, I think we won two years. I don't know how many did it, but yeah, we were, we were pretty solid at it. Okay, what did your guys look like? It was like a toboggan, one of the one of the years. I think that was our best. Year. It was like pirate ship, one year too. I remember that. Pirate ship. Yeah. Nice. We did a lot of years. <laughs> yeah. Does it get going fast? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's like hay bales at the end of the hill to stop it, and usually people don't make it to the hay bales, but. We were blowing right through the hay bales, and we just kept going. They couldn't stop us. <laughs> so one of the things that we've been talking about uh, earlier on the show today is uh, rivalries, and I'm curious to know what school you guys view as Benzie Central's biggest rival. Yeah, it's, it's Frankfurt. They're literally – they've been Benzie's biggest rival for years on years, and we were just happy that we broke that uh, – yeah. I think it was a 17-game streak where we hadn't beaten them. So we beat that earlier in the year. And that, as you guys probably know, caused a lot of noise. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> so. Yeah, talk about the end of that. I mean, so you guys were up by a, a decent amount. And yeah. I think a coach put all the starters back in for the last minute because he wanted you to be on the court at the end Yeah. when, yeah. when you guys finally broke the streak, right? Yeah. Who, so who was it that dunked? That's kind of what caused the stir right yeah it was jackson 
<laughs> Little brother. Yeah. And, and what was your message to him as uh, after that as an older brother and teammate? Um, or did you love it? Because if you loved it, that's fine too. I loved it. I'm not gonna lie, awesome. I loved it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. But they didn't. They didn't like that very much. Not at all. No. No. Mm-mm. But that's great. It only furthers and builds the rivalry, which is what oh, you yeah. want. Do you guys feel like an extra? Is there like a little extra motivation when you're playing a rival? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I feel like that home matchup coming soon against Frankfurt is going to be a very heated one, very packed game, lots of fans. It's going to be really. All right, guys, thank you very much. Really, really appreciate it. You know, if you come back on, I will have more chopped categories and ingredients for you guys to consider. Uh, thank you very much uh, for for, com- uh, for jumping on the show, and uh, good luck going forward. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye, guys. Thanks. Yeah, bye. Thanks again to Benzie Central's Quinn Zickert and Nate Childers for joining us on episode 204 of the Get Around podcast. Of course, the Get Around is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's, two locations, Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast. Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. There we go. All right, let's move on to the Get Around Hall of Fame and get uh, three athletes up for our Athlete of the Week honor. And... uh, I started us off last week. James, you want to get us going this week if you got someone? Or Andrew, you want to get us started if you have someone? Or if neither of you have anyone nominated yet, I can go with mine. Uh, uh, I, I, have we put up Bramer? Or is he in for this year? I don't think Bramer is in for this current sports season. Okay, he got into football. Yes. Should we, should we skip him then? Oh, I mean, again, it's, it's a per-season kind of a okay. Hall of Fame. Okay, that's what yeah. we then. So, because we went with, uh, I think we put Opie and Bramer in for okay, the hook and right. ladder play, I believe. I think, yeah, I think that, that sounds about right. I'm going to go with Ava Schultz from Gaylord St. Mary. Game high 18 points, four triples, uh, three-pointers, that is. And uh, Snowbirds win over Lake Leland on St. Mary. It was a number three versus number six game, and they uh, won 62-50. Pretty, uh, pretty good statement win for the Snowbirds. You know, they they were jumped into the pole at like number three, and people were like, "Oh, that's that's a little high." And then they they showed why. I think they were they had so much accolades with them in that game. Yeah, that was a good win. That was a good win for them. James, I put up somebody from Lake Leno St. Mary, but not from that game from the uh, from the boys team. Uh, Sean Bramer hit a thousand points on Friday night with with the uh, game against Ellsworth, and only as a junior as well. Um, Needed five points. Ended up with thirty-four. You know, so he got it. Just he just barely he got just it in the barely first quarter. Made it. <laughs> um, and, and let him let him to that win there too with the thirty-four points. I mean, he was just uh, pretty unstoppable. Yeah, kid's an athlete. No I doubt about it. I think the cool thing is, is he 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 had a mark that a lot of players don't even hit when they're seniors. Yeah, so. and his and his his game has evolved too. I mean, it used to be he, they would just get in the ball in the post and. He would go up, and he's so strong, you know, that he would just power past people and everything like that. But they can get him the ball on the perimeter now, and he can, you know, drive, get to the lane himself, rather than 
just being a poster, getting offensive boards and stuff. He's his game has kind of expanded in the last couple of years. Yeah. He even took a couple threes against Ellsworth that looked pretty good. They didn't go in, but they looked pretty good. All right, for my nomination, I'm going to go to McBain, Northern Michigan Christian, the boys' basketball team, and Trevin Winkle. Uh, helped the Comets go 2-0 and last week and pushed their record to 10-0 and overall and 9-0 and in the Highland Conference. Scored 35 points and had 11 rebounds and a 75-62 to win against Ross Common and then scored 21 in a comeback win against Manton, 56-50. Uh, to You were, almost were headed out to that game, James, last week, the Manton-McBain-NMC game. Yeah, that was, was that Thursday? That was, was and you decided to go to the um, the girls' basketball game, like the oh, St. Mary and Gaylord St. Mary. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't McBain go wrong M- with either of those. Exactly. McBain NMC moved up to number four in the uh, boys' basketball poll in Division Four, by the way. Okay. All right, so we got three good candidates. I'll cast my vote first. I'm going to go with Bramer. I think 34 points and reaching 1,000 as a junior is definitely worth our uh, Athlete of the Week. What did Winkle have again? 35-11 and 11 in a 75-62 to 62 win against Roscommon, and then 21 in a comeback win against Mann, 56-50. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really good. Like, he yeah. is a le- he's a legit, and I think I... I no, I, I when I remember seeing him play against uh, Frankfurt in regionals last year, Jack Stefanski could barely guard him. I mean, he was hitting, like, NBA-level threes, and I mean, Stefanski is obviously going and he's playing at Western Michigan right now, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll, vote, I'll vote for Winkle, just, okay. just for that. I mean, Bramer got it in the, in the fall, so. Look at this. Somebody All different. right, we have got, it's going to come down to Andrew Rosenthal. You hold the fate of two student athletes in your hand and whether or not they're going to get into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. I'll go with Winkle. Okay. All right, I, I don't even vote for my own nominee, and he still gets in. I love it. All right, Trevin Winkle, Trevin Winkle of McBain, Northern Michigan Christian. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame, Northern Michigan's most exclusive club. All right, you guys want to wrap up the show, move things along, put it in the books and say goodnight? Keep her moving. All right, so the trifecta this week is uh, based off of Peyton Manning's appearance on uh, SNL Weekend Update uh, on Saturday. And that just reminded me of the incredible job that he did as a host back in 2007, which and I think not only was one of the best athlete hosts ever, but I thought it was one of the he was one of the best hosts ever. I thought he was really really funny um, between the you know the United Way skit, which is still uh, a classic, um, you know, given a tad tattooing his face on a kid's thigh and trying teaching kids how to break into a car and yelling at kids while he's playing football and hitting a kid with a football and mm-hmm. using a little kid to try to hit on a, a, a nice lady and it's it you know it was it was perfect because everyone had this wholesome view of who Peyton Manning was that he was just this you know cookie cutter nice guy and then he had the United Way ad and that I think that's what kind of set him off into the um, air that he's in right now, which is, is a, a funny uh, athlete and now retired athlete. Um, so that just from, I was thinking, who is the best athlete to host SNL so far? And then is there any current superstar athlete that you'd like to see host SNL? 
the one that I'd like to see host SNL, and I wouldn't qualify them as a superstar, but they're just a funny athlete and, and not necessarily somebody that you think of or off the top of their head, would be Boban Marjanovic. Boban. Boban. He is a funny dude, and he's willing to do whatever. I mean, he was in, like, what, John Wick 3? And there is also like Did you ever a lot see that of fight? there's a lot of comedic gold there because he's a monster of a human being. He's seven foot four, <laughs> or seven three, and but he's also got an incredible sense of humor. Like some of the local commercials that he did, I think it was in Houston before he got traded to the Pistons, mm-hmm. where he would he would be like in a compact car, jamming out to the radio and stuff, <laughs> just like some for a local used car dealership commercial that he got and stuff. You know, he just does some. Some great funny stuff. I think that he would be, that they would be able to do some things with him. Yeah, for sure. So they've had, SNL has had, as of November 2021, they've had 32 athletes host SNL, including the one and the only, thankfully, um, O.J. Simpson. Wow. Yeah, O.J. was on. I know Uh, Charles Barkley has been there on there like a couple times. Tom Brady. Um, I, I guess if you count, I mean, we're going to count pro wrestlers, so The Rock has done it. I think Hogan has done it. John Cena, I think. Uh, I, think I think Cena has as well. Um, well. Cena has also been an actor. So. Yeah, and so has The Rock has also been. Um, Jordan. Michael Jordan was really good, uh, especially the, the skit with um, Al Franken is uh, Stuart Smalley. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Oh, Gosh yeah. Gosh darn it, people right. like me. That one, that was really good. Eli Manning was fantastic. I don't know if you guys remember the skit where he is, uh, it, it's a, it was a courtroom skit, and he was testifying, he was under oath and testifying, and they wanted to submit his internet search history as evidence, and he's like, no thanks, I'll just plead guilty. That's fine. That was really, that was good. Uh, so, um, yeah, there have been, there have been a lot. Andrew, I don't know if you're like a big SNL guy. Uh, no, I mean, I am, I just... Still trying to think of a good person here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was the first one to come to my head. He's the one that you already... want. He's the one that you want to host the controversial A Rodge. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like there's just so much they could make fun of that has just been his reality. I mean, he's in so many commercials. The whole thing with him being immunized versus vaccinated, and, and then he was, and then he drove Brett Favre out of Green Bay because he was the quarterback in waiting and. and I, I would play with that and how, just how much it screwed around with the Packers locker room. You know, that's, I think Aaron Rod. there's, there's a lot of stories behind Aaron Rodgers that would make for a good episode of SNL. And his high you profile know. girlfriends. I would, <laughs> oh, LeBron hosted back in 2007 too. That's interesting. So did Michael Phelps, Eli Manning, of course, like I said, Derek Jeter, Tom Brady, Ronda Rousey. Who just came back at the oh, Royal yeah. Rumble? Oh yeah, about Robert, Rousey. She yeah. just came back at the the Royal Rumble uh, on if, on Saturday. If you haven't seen, here's it, the other thing: JJ like, Watt uh, as well. He was a host. Here's the other thing: is when they do have athletes hosting SNL, they'll sometimes play the use the actors that played them in the past and roast them. Like when uh, what's his name? It was uh, I think it was when Charles Barkley was the host, or when LeBron was the host. Um, they did a morning show of NBA the. They did like the NBA morning show, mm-hmm. and one of the act- athletes played LeBron. Well, LeBron played Charles Barkley. Oh, nice. <laughs> so. Speaking I, of roast, though, if if there's one of the Comedy Central roasts, and I can't remember which one it is, where 
where Peyton Manning is one of the roasters. It's the it is, I think it's the Rob Lowe one. It, it, they, we might be right, and it is great. And Peyton Manning is great, and they also the the other roasters give Peyton Manning some some great one-liners about Eli and and all that. Yeah, I think um, Peyton Manning said, or uh, it was I think Pete Davidson said something along the lines of Peyton Manning looks like um, a football player who's evolved to not need a helmet. And one of them said that uh, you know that he's like, yeah, Peyton Manning's here. It's great. You know, you're the you're the Tom Brady of football com- or of uh, TV commercials. <laughs> I for me right now, I think the one current athlete that would do really well as an SNL host, and I think probably would have been an SNL host had his team not gotten eliminated on Saturday or or, or Sunday, uh, is Patrick Mahomes. I think he would be fantastic as an SNL host. Would we get Jackson Mahomes though too? Where uh, <laughs> they do like a Kermit something impression. They do like a Kermit the Frog episode with Mahomes. He does the voice for like all of the Muppets. They could. They would certainly do that. I think that would be great. I think that's. I think that's probably like your next athlete. Either that or Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry would be really good too. Um, he's got mm-hmm. a good kind of sense of humor. He does, does that goofy extreme mini golf show um oh my god i can't remember the name of it but i love it i've got a great steph curry joke that i can tell you guys while we're not on air perfect i can't wait for this show to be over so you can so i can hear that joke (laughs) um but speaking of show being over i mean unless there's anything else that that kind of wraps things up on my end no i'm uh just the one thing i want to throw in there uh i'm watching on netflix right now this movie called home team where sean payton coaches his 12 year old son's team during the bounty gate thing with uh, kevin james as sean payton right yeah so it's, that kind of ties into this whole athletes in hollywood discussion we were just having so okay boys let's go ahead and wrap things up call it a day and then do this at seven o'clock when nate and uh, quinn are available for for the interview uh, I, again, uh, thanks to James for being in studio. Andrew, thank you for jumping on on FaceTime. Appreciate that. Thanks again to Quinn and Nate for joining us uh, for a, a few minutes. And thanks, of course, to the listeners. Thanks to Jimmy Johns for sponsoring this podcast. Look at that. I mentioned them three times in this episode. They should they should be happy about that. <laughs> All right. right. Uh, Thanks again. Thanks to our listeners. Uh, Episode 204 of the Get Around Podcast is in the books. Bye.